Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to part two of our chats with the Talk Club crew. This is probably honest. Hope you're all keeping well. My name is Dan. My name is Mark. And I'm Ben. <laughs> we just looked at you expecting <laughs> You should know to what to say. Hi, Ben. Nice to have you on the show. Well, nice of you to come to Talk Club HQ. Yes, so, that's right. We're in the in the wonderful Talk Club office. Lovely office. Lots of merch, actually. It's all about the merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Part one, we had Gav come on and tell us about his experience with the charity and how he came to be involved and how he's kind of seen it grow and telling the audience that about the, the way the, the meetings and the groups kind of formulate and then how it's evolved from a few people in a room to suddenly the little meetups where you've got people running and talking and so on. You have a different story. It would be wonderful to maybe from the start or, or however you wish to go about it. Tell us about your experience with number one, starting of talk club from your angle and number two, your experience with mental fitness and mental health and why talk club is so important for you as a platform. This, I'm sort of like going, am I, am I going to tell the truth or am I going to be contradicting Gav? Um, okay. So where do I begin? I think we begin with a with a bloke called Steve Yates. So Steve was my childhood best friend. Um, we we grew up in South London together, and we were brothers by another mother. We were born four days apart. We were kids together. We we sort of um, spent most of my time over his house playing football or playing computer games all the way through my teens uh, up until my early twenties, and then 
life got in the way. I sort of started working more in London. He moved down to the South Coast. We started drifting a bit more. I moved to Australia. He moved to Canada. We both got married. We both had kids. We both caught up online and uh, followed each other's lives on social media. Uh, but I had no idea that um, that he was suffering. I had no idea that he was um, mentally unwell. And then I returned from Australia. He returned from Canada. I'd been there for six years. And I'd moved to Manchester, and he was a big Man United fan. And I'm in a cafe in Media City, which is where I was working. And um, I get a phone call from – well, I, I – actually turned, picked up my laptop and uh, my, my, my sort of laptop started exploding, all these messages coming in from Facebook and from my email. And then, and then my phone rings, I put, plugged it in, my phone rings, it'd been, it'd been charging. And uh, his cousin, his cousin's on the phone and I haven't talked to his cousin in years. And she's like, are you sitting down? And I'm like, oh, fuck, what's happened now? And... I knew it was Steve because obviously she's not ringing me for, for anything else but Steve. And she just goes, Steve's taking his own life. And I'm like, what? And I can still, I'm there now. <laughs> so it's like, I can remember the sign on the wall and I can sort of, so it sort of spun, it spins a little bit. I sort of sit down and it was the last person on the, on the planet I thought was going to, going to uh, die by suicide. And I'm reading uh, Sunday Sub, and I'm reading this article telling me these statistics that suicide's the biggest killer of men under 45 at the time, now the biggest killer of men under 50, that 76% of suicides are male, that um, a man currently dies every 90 minutes in the UK. And I'm, I'm like... Steve wasn't a statistic. Steve was a person. He was. He was. A, he was a friend. He was. He, he was. He was a father. He was a, a son, brother. So I'm sort of trying to process this as we're sort of uh, as I'm sitting there, and I'm. I carry on reading this magazine, and at the back of it, they were telling me about how men's breakdown of their time, and they tell me that sort of men of my age watch sport and documentaries. So I'm like, okay, I'm sitting there, and I've even got out of this hammock, and I'm going to make a film about 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 suicide. I'm going to make a film about Steve. So I saw my wife, um, my wife's a TV producer. She says, no. Um, <laughs> she goes, no, you're not doing that. Um, do, do you have a background in television? Music? Yeah. I, I, well, I grew up in advertising. So um, I'm, a, I'm a sort of, I like to call myself a problem solver. Basically I've used sort of like TV scripts or uh, made adverts or, or everything from sort of shelf wobblers to feature length uh, docs and I'd made I, I'd I'd moved to a production company when I moved to um, Manchester. So, but I'd never connected the two. I'd never connected Steve and this to my day job, my life. Uh, so she goes, "I don't want you to do that." <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" She goes, "I don't. I, don't, I think. It's, I think it'll. You need to work out your levels of therapy. You need to make sure that you're sort of. Like, I don't think you're ready for. It. I, I said, "I think I need to do it." I think I need to do it. Um, so I rang my mum, who's a who's a therapist, and I talked it over with her. I rang my I rang my my therapist and talked it over with him, and and it was sort of, and that's how it sort of began, really. Um, so I had this all planned. I was going to work out how I was going to do it, and 
to his cousin. I talked to his sister, but I knew that I had to ring his, his dad. And his dad was going to be the hard one because his, his dad's my dad. <laughs> so, like, so it was going to be a hard conversation. So I decided that I was going to sort of film the little trailer to it. And I kept on pushing it off to ring Les. I kept on pushing it off and pushing it off. I remember walking down the street. It's actually Gav's road before I even knew Gav. So I was like, walking down Gav's road. And I rang, I rang Les and I was like, mate, I think I want to make a film about, about suicide. I don't want to make a film about Steve. I want to make a film about how it happens to normal people, happy, normal people. And they're quite a quiet, they're quite a private house, uh, quite a private family. And he said to me, Ben, I trust you with everything. If you believe it can help someone, then, then we, we, we give our permission. So that's where it started. And if anyone's seen the film or seen the trailer, I didn't mean it, this to happen either. It's like I was carrying his letter around in my bag for, for about a week before, meaning to read it and meaning to write the script around it. And I couldn't bring myself to read it. So when I'm sitting on that bench, that's the first time I've read that, that letter. And I found it very, I found it very hard, but I found it's like, this is what I'm going to go into. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go, as my mum always says, go with a feeling. So I'm going to go with a feeling. So that's how we sort of started it. And we made, we, we sort of, originally it was going to be a little 15, 20 minute film. I was going to crowdfund five grand. We're going to make this film and it would be a little bit of my therapy moving things forward, being a solution. What turned into, we raised, I think we raised 35K. We ended up traveling around the country for the best part of a year. We collected 50 hours of footage and it just sort of started gaining momentum and all these people were going, have you talked to this person? Have you talked to that person? And and I, it's really interesting for me because I, I've always been behind the camera. I like, I like being the puppet master, if you like. I never wanted to be on screen, but I knew that to get people to be vulnerable, uh, I need to put myself on screen and be vulnerable myself. So the idea was when we were doing it, get people to be vulnerable, get people to open up, uh, to look at it as a positive way. I and mean, it was described by a very kind journalist as a changeumentary, not a documentary. And the idea of it was to go where men were, to sort of take the take the film to pubs, to clubs, to to sports clubs, to sort of to building sites. I mean, I did did 49 screenings before lockdown um, up and down the country, everywhere from sort of Falmouth to, to Aberdeen. It was really interesting to sort of go to where those men were, where they were already feeling comfortable. And then we did a couple of pre-screenings and then someone came up to me straight after the pre-screening and was like, well, what now would you want me to do? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, you, you've op- literally, you've opened me up. Now, now, now where do I go? And I was like, Fuck. <laughs> so I so I turned to so I so I was talking over Neil, who's one of the other co-founders of Talk Club, and I sort of went, mate, I think we're gonna have to create something here. Like there are other talk club, there are other groups out there, but no one was really, in my opinion, was really looking at the preventative space. No one was really looking, everyone was looking, I call it triage, trying to keep men alive. No one was really looking at sort of like the, the mental fitness idea. And, and I got mental fitness from a bloke called Danny Sculthorpe. And when he said mental fitness to me, suddenly a light bulb went on in my mind because like to me, that's, that's, that's a reframing as, a, as an advertising, as a problem solver. It's all about wording. It's all about communication. It's all about reframing stuff. So suddenly mental fitness, boom, like that. So I sort of went, okay, let's start something. And we came up with this, the name Talk Club in, in, in a pub in Farringdon. And then 
And I sort of said, look, I don't think it should just be me and you. We need to create, we need to get a gang. We need to get a gang of us. So we pulled in Blue O'Connor, who is the chairman of our uh, trustees, and he's in the film. And when I pulled in Blue, Blue was telling me about this idea of, with youth mentoring, he's using how are you out of 10 as a question to get kids up talking. I was like, that's brilliant. Let's use that. And then we pulled in Tom, who was sort of, he's in the film as well, but he talks about fitness and sort of mental health. And then Gav had done the music and Gav done the music of the film. And then Gav just, and we, he's, a, he's a gooner as well. And we're chatting away and he goes, oh, and, I, and I'm studying to be a therapist. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you're the final, you're the piece, the final piece of the puzzle that we need. And so, so Gav came on board and my wife as well, Claire, who, who told me not to do this. And, <laughs> and she, she was the adult. She was trying to get an adult in the room. So I've got my wife involved. <laughs> um, and that was the six of us. That was the six of us that started it. And then it sort of quickly developed into, we started as a CIC, all six of us involved. And what's then a, what's a CIC? A, a community interest company. So it's quite, it's reasonably easy to set up a CIC. You sort of like you, you, you're going in the same direction. You're sort of like you, you, you can take a certain amount of profit. You can take a certain amount of grants, mm. but to be taken seriously, we needed to be a charity and a charity is another completely ball game, a new ball game altogether. Mm. So, what we found was that we almost had to go, three of us are going to be employed by the charity. Three of us are going to, the other three are going to be on the board of trustees with some other, other trustees. Uh, Cause you need, you need sort of like, so suddenly they become our bosses. And, um, and then sort of me and Gav went, okay, well, I suppose we'll have to be CEOs then. So <laughs> it's like, we are, we are, um, lit- we are literally like CEOs of charity, a charity we didn't mean to start. It's like, literally that's where we are. And that's, that's how it all came about. And like, like we started looking at, we, we had this rough idea of this talking group and it was meant to be a little bit more looking after your friends. And then we found that men, men sort of almost didn't want to be around their friends. They wanted to be around people they didn't know. Gav goes, oh, I'm part of this group of therapists on Facebook. Maybe we should start something up online. So the way that we've always done things is we always give them a go. And if it, if it works, then we carry on working with it. And then quite entrepreneurial, like fail fast and cheap. It's sort of like we, we try something. We, I, I, I say to everyone, I love a pilot. We'll give it a go and then we'll learn from it. And, and I think, I mean, we, we got charity status in 2000, in, in April, 2021. I think we're up to 70, over 70 clubs around the world and over 3000 men in the community. And it's just, it's just because it's so simple, it's simplicity that makes it. And because we talk to men, we are, we are, we are our men. Do you know what I mean? We are, we are men who, who attend our clubs. We are, we talk to, we're, we're talking to real people in real ways and we're trying to remove the stigma of about mental health. And like my whole job was to try and save one Steve. And I mean, we've had, I mean, I've, I've probably got, I've probably got over, over three or 400 emails or messages now from men that have sort of said, look, I'm only here because of, the film or because of talk club or, or messages from people in family saying like, he's completely changed. He's, he's here because of you guys. So I can't bring him back. I can't do anything. Can't go back with Steve, but I can, uh, I can carry on trying to, trying to help the, the next family or the next set of friends that, that, that we went through. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thank you so much for giving us your background and insight. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been a bit of a fan of the charity since I kind of looked into it more because we obviously... Since you had, had a non-alcoholic beer at a pub. Was, well, that yeah, that was... the beginning, was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I went to Christmas Steps in Bristol and they had uh, the clear, clear head, head on, on tap and I was like, oh, I can get a 0% beer on tap. That's amazing because I don't, I don't drink. So I've been always wanting to have that kind of breaking between being with my mates who are having a pint and and then I went to a festival, Shambhala, and they had clear head there. And I was like, where's this talk club crew? <laughs> and uh and yeah, just dived in more and, and the appeal was for me personally, it was something a bit different away from the the twelve step groups, which isn't a bad thing. And I, obviously I'm forever grateful for the twelve steps, but I wanted to see what what else was out there that I can I could connect with. And is a different dynamic is a different is a different animal but we talked about this didn't we because i went to the club that dan goes to well i mean we we both from 12-step recovery that's both our backgrounds and i think 12-step recovery in whatever type of meeting you go to alcoholics anonymous narcotics anonymous there is there is a problem and the way in which you share and speak is focused primarily around that specific problem and what that is wonderful and it's brilliant and it and it can solve that problem but sometimes you need to talk more broadly about what's happening in your life. And I think that's the amazing thing. And again, it's the simplicity thing you said of having that space where you can literally talk about anything. Yeah. I mean, like I've, I mean, I've got so, cause a couple of good friends of mine have been, uh, have been in recovery and I love the idea of, I, I, like, I, they were telling me about 12 steps and I was going, this is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. Why do you have to wait to be broken? This is it. Yeah. yeah to yeah. fix yourselves. Yeah. Why, why, what, like, I was sort of going to him, like, like, I want to be part of that community. That sounds mm. like brilliant. Like, like, like the, the, the togetherness, because there's so much inside, like, today in society, we don't have that as men. Mm. And so when, when he was telling me about, like, his, his life was turned upside down by, uh, addiction, and when he was telling me about that, and he's got so he's he's so more he's so he's so grateful for life now, but through the twelve steps, and I was sort of going like this is this is brilliant. Why do you, why do we have to like it's a broken fix it mentality, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way that the way that mental health is treated in this country is broken fix it. Uh, as I say, it's triage, it's keeping men alive. But if you reframe it as mental fitness and you go, you don't look at it like, you don't look at it waiting yourself to get obese before you go for a run. And that's the reason why I think that the journey's hard. The journey, what we're doing is hard because when we're re-educating people, we're, we're trying to sort of change. So, well, we had a captain's convention in September and what someone, one of the, one of the captains from, from our Sheffield group sort of said, 
what you're doing is you're 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 trying to change society. You're 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 redefining what it is to be a man nowadays. And I think that it's really hard for sort of like I mean the way I've always looked at it, like our design is a bit crappy. I designed it that way, right? Like, like we've ha- I've got access to some of the best designers in the world, and the <laughs> designers that w- w- work on Talk Club they are brilliant designers. But I need it to be accessible to to a to a solicitor and to a builder. So we use really simple language. It has to feel like it's come out of a photocopier because you know that every single penny that is donated to TC goes onto the men. It's not gone onto a flashy colour palette. And and I think that you can see through that now. You Men know, people know about the, the authenticity of it. And like, uh, and our partnerships like BBF, like they've been there for the whole, since, since the beginning of Talk Club. Their first ever Talk Club was, was at the Bristol Beer Factory Tap Room. I mean, we had it in, in, in there. And we, we, we're now back, our Southfield group's back in there now. And Sam, the, the MDs over there is going, can you bring it home, please? You know what I mean? Like, that, like, that's how he sees it. But like, that's the reason why it was really important for us to sort of have a non alcoholic beer. That, that can make money for uh, the charity, yes. Spread the word, we get you guys, yes. But also be in spaces where men feel comfortable. And say so it's okay to sort of like, it's okay to not drink. I hardly drink now. Non-alcoholic beer is a lot better than it was. But I've got a beer that I feel comfortable with. I can go out with my alcohol drinking friends and I don't feel there's no stigma there. And a lot of it is about removing that stigma now. And a lot of what we're doing is trying to get men to talk, trying to sort of like and own their mental fitness not waiting for that to happen to them because I think that's what we do. I think as a society, we sort of go, um, well, I can look after my physical fitness, but how do I look after my mental fitness? And as you guys know, if you talk, you're releasing that pressure. Absolutely. It's like, I think that's such a, a revolutionary way to look at it is because you're right. We don't, we don't treat anything unless it's an open wound and it's such a backwards way of looking at it. And you're almost yeah, I can totally identify what a challenge it must be because you're almost trying to instigate something where we don't question that we brush our teeth in the morning. Yeah. We don't question that we eat three meals a day. It's just something that we do because we know that that is essential. It's almost like you're saying, this is essential maintenance. This isn't something that you should leave till sat there with a razor in your hand or something horrendous like that. This is something you do now. So you never, ever get to that point. Yeah. But, I mean, like yeah. you, 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 you Google mental health, right? And you Google physical health. And you will, you will see physical health. You will see like people like doing yoga and people playing football and people running. You, you, you Google, um, uh, mental health and you'll see depression. You'll see, you'll see all these negative words, negative Mm -hmm. things. Mental health is the same as physical health. You can have positive mental health. You can have good mental health and you can have bad mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but we automatically look at it as a negative. And when you're already on the back foot, you're already on the back foot on a word, right? When you're talking about health and you're already thinking it as a negative, then the NHS have got no chance. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to sort of go and like, well, and people ask us, why, why is, why, why is talk club only for men? And I'm like, well, because 76% of suicides are male, right? You come, I'll, I'll come back to, come back to me when it's 50 50 and we'll reconsider. Mm. But I'm, I'm trying to stop a man. Way down the line, going through what what I did, I don't want I don't want another man to lose his best mate. I don't want another son to lose his father. All of us inside TC, we've all been touched by suicide, and it's it's not a nice place to be. So I think that that's that authenticity comes from where we are. We're just trying to get men to talk. That's all we're trying to do. It's, sim- it's simple. There are four simple ro- rounds. Like it's 
there's no there's no space for sort of like for 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 trying to pretend to solve someone's problems. You solve your problems in TC. You solve your problems. That's where it actually is. We'll give you the space. We'll give you we'll give you the tools. But actually, when it comes down to it, when you're when when you get out of that, it's it's you you check in your number and you check out your number and you see your number rise by by two by three. When I first started going to talk club, well, I started doing the therapy groups first, and then getting used to the feel of the how are you out of ten and answering that, and uh, even emailing Gavin back and forth instead of saying how are you, he'll be like how are you out of ten, and I'm like, oh. and after a while, it starts to just make a lot of sense and really start to like feed into my day. I remember being at a talk club at the the one at Ashton Gate the new one that started up and I was with Gavin and I, uh, I was there already established and there was a lot of people that hadn't been there before. And I was like, ready to go. I was like, I'm going to tell you guys everything about me and it's going to confuse you and I'm going to be open. But I said something, I saw Gavin have a little look of like, uh, almost surprise. Cause what I said I've been doing is with my journaling, which I still do, even if I'm busy as hell, I still do journaling is I'd write my journal as if I'm in a talk club group where I go, how am I out of 10? And like today I'm feeling, and I do you know, decibels, like 6.93. <laughs> and, uh, and I just go through that and it might be a page, it might be two pages, but it, it, that format of the, how am I out of 10? What am I grateful for? What are things that I can do today? I don't really need to close off that writing unless it's really long because I've already, it's just journaling. But like for anyone listening, I, I really recommend that, giving that a go. Because it's, it's, it really, because journaling is really, uh, the idea of it sounds great. And I remember in, in the documentary, because I watched it today, you were talking to... Ollie, yeah. Yeah, who... Um, mind journals, yeah. Mind journals. And, yeah. and Ollie, Ollie's, a, Ollie's a great case, because talking's not for everyone. And Ollie, Ollie sort of, I mean, like, I love Ollie, and it was really, really, he didn't want to be on film. He didn't want to do that, but we we talked a lot beforehand, and he's great. I mean, he's he's his story is about he didn't know how to talk, and that's the reason why mind the, the the journal came about because he because when he started working with a the therapist, they, he goes, I can't talk. She goes, Well, try writing it, and then we could talk about what you're writing about. This is the thing; it's about techniques, and all of it. Would, how are you at ten? Is just a technique. It's just just a technique to get you started. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's. I mean, I I sort of say like. ITV have got Britain have got Britain talking. How have you done that? How have you got Britain talking? Mm. Right? I don't know how you've done that because because basically we talk every day. We talk we talk about things that aren't important, mm. right? But when it comes down to when it comes down to feelings, we we're like blokes don't know how to talk feelings. You might as well say go and go and speak Latin to your friend. It doesn't sort of like I don't know how to speak Latin. I don't know how to speak feelings. So I think what we what we're finding is that how are you out of ten gives you the gives you the opportunity to go okay now where am I? Okay, I'm an eight or a seven point five or I'm a I'm a four. I'll be honest, working for TC, it's exhausting because I've, <laughs> I've checked in I've checked in seven times today. Right? <laughs> we've had every meeting we've had, we check in and it's sort of like, no, I'm, I was I checked in at seven point five. I'm probably down to a seven now because I'm finding this day a bit heavy. And and it's sort of and it's really interesting. And we we had a we had a we had a corporate meeting uh, mid afternoon, and we went round and sort of me and Gav were, right, were in the meeting and we had this meeting with with some on 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 Zoom with some people in London, and one of them checked in at a six, and everyone you could just see the sort of like, but it was great that he was honest with that, and and I think that the more honest we can be, like I bring it back to football all the time. I sort of go like, like if you know, if you know a player's carrying an injury, 
as a manager, you go, okay, look, you can give me 20 minutes to the end. Mm. Right? You, it, knowledge is power. And if you, and if, if you know where someone is, you go, look, look well, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Or I'm going to, do, do you want to take that stuff on today? Or the more that we can be honest about where we are and where we are with, with our colleagues and our friends and our family, then we will only be better society. So, I mean, our, our ultimate goal is to trying to create a, a mentally fit society and we'll start with blokes. That's where we are. You mentioned that you're, you're getting in front of a lot of people at the moment. You just mentioned you're working with corporate, you have corporate clients that you work with. Yeah. How, how are you getting the message out there at the moment? And what kind of challenges are you facing in terms of getting the message out there and, and getting Talk Club into these various places? We're tiny. We're tiny. But boy, do we bat above our weight. Um, I mean, like, I mean, the Liam stuff, the Tyson stuff, um, the, I mean, the beer to Gavin's me. Gavin's very kindly talked about that in the che- Cheers, Gav, for stealing all that. <laughs> no, but uh, to be honest, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're trying to sort of, the beer's the classic case. That's, uh, that, that's proof of concept for me, right? We can show that the, Spreading the word by doing good, by a company that's doing good, and a, a company that comes from heart, and then we're creating these more and more conversations with corporates. And and some of those corporates are we're we're moving into working with corporates and trying to help them out with their problem, but also partnering with corporates to sort of going like other brands where we can get those words out. And I think what what's interesting for us is actually going like if you is targets target markets. We're going like well. The Tyson stuff gave us a slightly different target target audience to the Liam stuff. And the partnerships that we're looking at for this year are a lot more about um, how do we get more and more men to know about us and then more and more different ages to know about us. Like we're working on a project for the over 60s at the moment because over 60s is really, really important especially sort of like isolation and stuff like that. So we're, we're piloting a project down in, um, down in North Somerset at the moment and to me, that's really, really important because because we want to. We're only small, but but we we can set up five clubs down there, and we can try one with walking rugby, and we can try one via, with with the uh, libraries, and we can try. So it's it's about sort of just trying to get to as many different men in different ways, and going to their communities and, and working with them. That's the way we're trying to do it. So so the the corporate is just another way of 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 getting our names out. Yeah, it's, I guess it's so hard when you're starting out trying to kind of like build that because you can't just build on word of mouth. You kind of need to. We haven't spent a penny on advertising. That, really? That's the thing. No, wow. I haven't spent a penny on advertising. I mean, the 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 the, the most money we spend on is is a uh, is printing a physical flyer. That's the most money that we spend on advertising. So, um, and I found that like even with even with sort of like people talk about like social media and stuff like that. I mean, like our social media is just us. Sitting around, right? <laughs> and um, like we haven't have we got a social media strategy. No, because basically, because people can see through it. And I think that when when you lose that authenticity, that that's what we need. We we own, we we work with people who are authentic. We we try and keep all that 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 just trying to keep it really real. Uh, it's a bit of an over overclaim quite a lot of the time for most people. But but what we found is that we a flyer through a door. That's how you actually get to someone. Most of the time, it's not, it's not actually your time. It's your partner's time and it's your family's time. And if they're worried about you and they go, oh, I've just seen this. And suddenly there, there's something interesting going on there because you're going, I'll give you permission to go or I want you to go. And you need, you do need that support. Quite a lot of our men and their stories have been about how they didn't know how to ask for help, ask for that support. And then a piece of paper gives them that or, 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 or a logo on the bottom of a beer does that. I saw uh, the other day, I mean, it's, it's really devastatingly 
sad, but uh, I, I'm, my background's like music and, and DJing, but um, I throw parties occasionally. And, and one of the people I booked a while ago, one of his best mates, they're like old house, UK house uh, 90s pioneers of, of a certain sound. And one of the guy I booked best mate, all of his all of his best mates, kids come along to watch him play. And they're, they're huge. They've got a massive following. But the other day I found out that that best mate of the guy I booked had killed himself. And I I was shocked because, you know, I've met all these three kids and, and there's just who didn't didn't know what happened, no reason why no one and, and again when you when you find out about it, no one knew. No one no one had any idea that this guy was struggling and had a difficult time. And then you saw an, another DJ who's become a therapist doing almost what could be like the talk club speech of him saying it's like you know talk about it it's okay to talk but that's one person whom people may or may not click on Mm -hmm. to find out that there is another way to talk about these things and then I connect the dots and I see what you guys do but then I speak to friends of mine and like you see how the the rave culture is just so untapped with mental health and mental Mm -hmm. fitness mates will come and speak to me when they've reached a emotional rock bottom Mm -hmm. rather than if I said, Hey, do you want to come along to this club? I go to it's open door. It's for you as a man to come and speak and it prevents you and and gives you a a nice little foundation to build some mental strength. They'd be like, Oh no, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And then the next week they might be like, I'm, you know, I've just had this happen and this happen and this happen. And it's really hard to find a way or the right language to say it's okay to come and chat, you know. Well, that, well, that's the thing. If you if you start using, I, I, I mean, like I get asked quite a lot. I do. I mean, that's the reason why it's really, really important for me to do these these type of things because what we're doing is we're 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 standing on your shoulders, and the the the, the, the people that listen to your podcast are really important, and they'll talk to someone else. And what we want to do is, if you just if you're worrying about someone, just ask them how you're out of ten, and ask them honestly. If they say seven. Like too quickly go, no, no, really. I mean, my normal, my normal thing is like, I want to say, uh, okay, seven, seven's an okay. Seven's, I'm, I'm not really going to give you that answer, Ben, mm. but I'm going, no, no, I'm, I, I'm interested. I'm really interested where you are. So it's 6.9 or 7.1. That's a decision, right? Give me 6.9 or 7.1. And they'll go, uh, 6.9. And you'll go, okay, why? Right. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not really bothered about what the, what the number is. Yeah. I want to know the why. Why did you choose slightly below par? And then you go, well, actually, well, I've, I've works hard at the moment. And, oh, great, we're having a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 that's what it is. It's just it, it's just a very very simple way to get someone to sort of like go to stop and to to remove the mask. And like, I mean, there's a there's a story I talk about in my in my TED talk where um, after one of the screenings I did, I sort of said, look, go out and ask one of your friends uh, if someone you care about, ask them how they are out of ten. And this bloke, like he, he, he saw, um, after the, after screening the film, that's what I will say to everyone. Uh, and I do a talk after that. And then, and then he, he emailed me a couple of days later and he sort of said, I, I, um, I, I, I asked my best friend, I was really worried about him. He goes, like, I was, um, uh, I'm going to be his best man and, uh, I'm going to be his best man in a couple of weeks. And he goes, I'm, I'm really worried about him. I asked him how he was out of 10. And after a long pause, he said three. And then he sort of said, we had this really open conversation of something we've never talked about before. And he's, he sort of like, he was considering calling the wedding off. He was considering running away. He even, even thought about suicide. Mm. And 
He goes, unless I'd have said that conversation, and he's my best friend, he was saying to me, he's my best friend, and I couldn't, I, I hadn't, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't have the tools to ask him that. And like now, now he's a father, and sort of like both of them are in tool club. But all it takes is that one little moment of going like, I'm worried about you. How are you out of 10? And they could go, no, I'm great. I'm an eight. And you go, great. Okay, great. Okay. I need you to stay as an eight. Right. Or like some of the times I've had this one where a mate brings me up and he's like, like one of my, one of my oldest friends, we would, he, we would have conversations, but we'd never be able to sort of talk on that level. And he, he, he rang me up and he goes, Benny, I'm a three. He opened with Benny, I'm a three. Right. And I'm going brilliant. Like, I remember just going brilliant. Now I know my job as his friend for the next 20 minutes. Mm. And he's told me what was going on and he just let off the steam. And I go, where are you now? And he goes, I'm a five. And I go, brilliant. We've done that. Before that would take, that would take me half hour to get to that point of him actually telling me what's going on. If we ever got to that point on that phone call. And like, there's other points where like my mates have run me up and goes like, I'm a 4.5. And like someone goes to me, I get quite, I get off, uh, asked quite a lot. Like, what is my mental fitness things to me is laughter. I really like laughter and my mate, it was actually during the lockdown and he was feeling quite low and he rang me and he's like, um, I go, where are No, he texts me. He goes, goes, I'm start telling me about it. I rang him and he, he didn't get back to me. He's having this text conversation, this WhatsApp conversation. I was like, okay, so, so where are you? He goes, I'm a four and a half. I goes, I'm a four and a half. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about that. I go, when was the last time you watched Goonies? And he's like, Goonies, right? <laughs> what the? I go, go. It's on Netflix. Watch Goonies, right? <laughs> so he sort of he, so later that day he texts me back and he goes, wanker. <laughs> and I was like, what? He goes, five and a half. I go, planes, trains, and automobiles, right? <laughs> and I just kept on giving him films to watch that I know he hasn't seen in years. And sometimes we just need to be able to have that level of connection. And he didn't want to, like, we ended up having a conversation later on that day, but he wasn't ready to sort of like have a call, giving him that space of just going, texting numbers and understanding that he's not feeling, there's no stigma there. That he's not, there's nothing wrong with him. It's like, it's like your physical health. You get a bad back. We've all seen those people at work walking around like crabs and you go, you're an idiot. Go and lie down. Why are you in work? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But when it comes to our mental health, if you, if you, if you, if you are feeling mentally unwell, you, you, you think that you can put yourself, go through it. You can go, oh, no, I'll pull myself through it. Yeah, but, but just treat it like a bad bag. The more that we can get people, men to understand, especially in my generation, to understand the sort of like the, the don't stop being stoic. Mm. So, like just just sort of accept it and go like you have to start looking after yourself because no one else it, it actually comes down to you at the end of the day mm. and putting your hand in the air and going oh, I need some therapy that's you looking after yourself mm. um, yeah so that's I think that's the, the whole the whole tone of TC is is about self-empowerment we've, we've got some fabulous well-being people in our community but I'm not your sort of typical wishy-washy well-being person. I sort of, I sort of, I grew up in a council estate. I'm sort of like, it's, it's. You speak of, with that kind of like passive aggressive yoga voice. Where it's like, oh, just why? That's I've, not. <laughs> but I've done yoga. I mean, I'm into a bit of yoga. It's fine. It's fine. I've moved on from that. Um, but I do remember ordering my first latte in front of my mates and them going, what the? Right. 
oh, look who's got all media on me. Do you know what I mean? It was, I got so much grief. But but that that was the thing, sort of like, I mean, I bring you back to Steve, these sort of the earth working class boys who are dying in plain sight because they don't know how to talk. They don't know how to have those conversations. And that's that's where that brings it back to the black and white. That brings it back to the the simplicity. That brings it back to removing all the complicated stuff and going. All you're doing is give me a number, mate. That's all you're doing. There's nothing nothing more than that. So with that in mind, we're nearly at the uh, the crunch time for saying farewell. But this has been amazing to have not just one episode, but two episodes with you guys. And uh, something we didn't do at the start of this episode or in the last episode with Gavin was actually find out how we're all doing out of 10. So Mm -hmm. I thought to bring our two parts to end, don't know if we're going to do more with other people, who knows what happens. But for now, with the two founders that I've been in contact with, (laughs) let's do a little round the circle, uh, starting with you, Ben, on how we're doing out of 10 uh, I'm I'm a good eight. I'm a good eight. I've sort of like, I've been bouncing between a seven and a seven and a half most of the day. But chat to you guys um, on Pancake Day. Um, uh, I'm I'm a good eight. I think I would say I'm a seven point five. I would go with. I was actually quite anxious coming over here because I've had I was uh, had a long working day, and towards the end of the day, when you get tired and you feel like you lose the power of speech. And I had a few conversations with colleagues where I was like, I've forgotten, I've forgotten how to speak. I don't know how to say anything now. And I was walking over and like, oh fuck, I'm going to be on a podcast and I can't remember how to speak or ask any questions. I'm going to be, but actually coming here and, and actually as soon as I met you, Ben, I was like, oh, this is actually going to be okay. You're very conversational. You're very warm. You're very approachable. So then I was like, oh, right. Okay. I can relax a bit. And obviously it's always comforting to see Dan. Um, so, so I'd say, yeah. So I think I, I was probably hovering around a 6.5 on my way over and now I'm, I'm at a 7.5. I'd say I'm about an 8.5. Oh, wow. uh, I've had a, a great day. And for a lot of talk club sessions, I was just resting on a six or sometimes a 7.5. And I said to Gavin, Maybe next time you see me, I might be whispering on the 8.5s and 9s and that's because I've finished my course and I've got time to get out of my um, burnout. But yeah, today's just been a great day. I had a fantastic conversation with someone who might be giving me some freelance work and, and they were giving off what their company does. And I was like, that is right up my street. That sounds wonderful. And they don't know anything about me. And I was willing to... I was willing to get honest with them and I was like, this is an interview. You don't need to start telling them your deepest and darkest secrets just to prove that you're, you know, open-minded <laughs> now i'm here and i was nervous about coming here because we're out of practice we haven't done this in a while but while, again man. i've met you before ben and, and and it was straight away chatting and and, and seeing that passion that you I don't know the right word you, you share vocally <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and that that's just like topped off the day on an already good day uh so yeah it's all it's all good my side of things as well And the thing that we ask people at the end of our episodes is you've already covered plenty of of strong statements of advice, but just that one kind of message of hope that you'd like to share to people listening that you'd want to have as a final statement, as you say, farewell, something that you'd uh, want someone to be to hear on their evening or, or morning when they're waking up or going to bed. Can I sneak in a sub question before that one? Yes. Is that right? Um, I'd really love to hear what your hopes are for talk, to, for talk club, where you see it going in the next years, few years. Like you, you must have a vision of where you guys are headed. Vision. Vision. <laughs> um, no, I have no idea. No, um, to be honest, I want to I mentally fit society. 
mm. right? I, I want I want suicide to 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 be over. I don't mm. want anyone to take their own lives again. And you could argue that I mean the job of every charity is to put yourself out of business. That's the job of it. But with us, I want to try and build. I want. I'd love a, a talk club in every town. I would love a. Uh, I want people to use talk clubs like we, we use gyms. But I want everyone to sort of like to be to be mentally fit and to be talking, to be using that, having those honest conversations. And and unfortunately, like re- repetition is everything for me. Um, we're so busy with with our lives. So so what I want people to take away is how are you out of ten? That's what I want to do. And I, it's sort of like it's it gets a little bit. Boring and repetitive. This is all I ever say. I wear it on my t-shirt. I wear it on a badge. <laughs> I wear it. But the thing is that it's so so simple, and it's so important that I use it with. I've got three kids under ten. I use it with the two eldest ones. If I can see that my wife is getting stressed and she can't find those words about why this is how. What what, what are you now? What number are you now? Um, and I think it's a. It's just such a simple way of owning where we are. And as a bloke, for me, to admit that I'm a four and a half, when I'm when going through the lockdown, I found it really, really hard. And to admit that I was, I don't get that low. I never get that low. I like to exist around an eight and a half. And my whole day is about getting myself to that number. And to go, I'm that low and accepting that I was that low was really, really interesting for me. Um, because I, because I, I'm normally quite a positive person in the way forward, but to go that I can't, I've got to accept that. So that one bit to take away is, is ask someone you care about, how are you out of 10? Ask yourself, look in that mirror and go, how are you out of 10? And if you're low, how are you going to get your number higher in the next? Like, like I use it, I use it every single day. It's a game for me. I might wake up at a four or five out of 10 because my youngest is kicking me in the head. Right? <laughs> it's like, how do I get myself to a six before breakfast? How do I get myself to a seven before I walk through the door? How do I get myself to an eight before everyone else turns up? How do I sustain an eight, an eight and a half? Because it is, it's the same as, it's same as physical health. Six packs don't just happen. You've got to work on them. And when it comes to our, our mind, most of us are not employed for a six pack. Right. So we've actually got to look after this thing because it won't look after itself. Wonderful. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you for agreeing to share two episodes with us as a, as a, as a, as a collaboration, as a, as a, as two guests. It's been amazing. And, uh, and for sharing your, your own insight and your own experience with us as well. For anyone who still hasn't gone and checked out Talk Club, yeah, go go Google Talk Club. We'll link to it as well after. Talkclub.org, talkclub.org. There you go. <laughs> Instagram as well. You'll see some fantastically, shockingly wonderful material on there, such as celebs giving shout outs to the charity as well. Can and we link to Steve as well? Yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can watch it at stevedocumentary.com. And something I'm going to do, which is very promo of me, if you really are enjoying the podcast, please share a rating on Spotify because it helps people find out about us and therefore people that might be changing or hoping to help their, their lives for the better because that would uh, would make our, our weeks and, and months and, and reasons for doing this even more important. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you both. Goodbye for now. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.